What is up, guys? Welcome to the Reborn Podcast. Uh, Every week, I truly hope to inspire you. And today, I have the pleasure to sit down with an inspiring human. His name is Ethan Supley. And Ethan has been on such an incredible weight loss journey. He's lost over 300 pounds. In fact, he started losing weight, gained back a hundred pounds. Um, and then he just kept on being dedicated and focused on his ultimate and, and end goal. And so I have the opportunity today to sit, to sit down and to talk to him and to learn about his journey. And most importantly, his reborn story. If you are not sure who Ethan Supley is, he is an actor who has appeared, uh, in TV shows and films, including, uh, here are a few that you might, uh, that you might know the wolf on wall street. My name is Earl. Remember the Titans blow American history X deep water horizon, and so many more. Ethan is also a host of the podcast, uh, American Glutton, where he talks to experts and friends about um, his two-decade-long weight loss and fitness journey. So you can definitely follow along on uh, his podcast as well. And I'm really excited to bring Ethan on. Uh, So can you, um, I would love to just kind of just dive into the podcast and you have such a great, great story. And I really want to talk about that, but can you give our listeners a little bit of, uh, just who you are, uh, some of your accomplishments that you kind of want to highlight here. You have some amazing accomplishments and, uh, let's just talk about that, who you are and what you do. And then we'll, I really want to talk about your reborn story. Sure. I'm a, a my name is Ethan Suplee. I'm an actor. I've been an actor for, 27 years Mm. um and for the uh, you know the majority of my life i was very overweight and in my uh late teens and early 20s i was morbidly obese and i basically over the last 20 years have really turned that around and so now i still i still act i just did a movie in mexico and and i'm back in la from from that but i also do a podcast called american glutton where we just talk about um you know there there within this space of like health and fitness and stuff there is so much um i guess diversity about like what the end all be all on how to fix yourself is you know and and so I'm open to all of that. I also have my ideas on what I think works the best, but mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not interested in like knocking successes people have had. Um, I'm also not heavily pushing like, you know, you have to be vegan or you have to be carnivore or something, something, you know, those seem to be the extremes in my universe right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lost about 300 pounds, uh, you know, and, and now I just kind of go year to year with physical goals that I set for myself. Um, let, let me, let me ask you a question. Did you feel pressure from someone of your stature being an actor in the heart of LA, right? It's a competitive arena. Did you, did you decide to change your life because you felt pressure from being in that, uh, being an actor and being in that 
community or was it because you wanted to change your life or was it a little bit of both? Did you, did you start seeing some like potential hazard health problems like, you know, maybe in your foreseeable future that caused you to change? I just think, and you know, whenever I get to connect with people, um, especially people who are wanting to change their life, there has to be a reason why you decided to change your life. Sure. Um, what was your reason or was it because of your girls? Well, it's, uh, oddly, um, you know, I think that there are uh, pressures. I think the pressures on it's 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 very tricky. But if anything, from Hollywood, I had mm. pressures to stay overweight. I didn't have pressures to lose weight from Hollywood because I was um, I filled a category that they yeah. felt they needed. And that image, and yeah that mm. that was my arena. So then. Um, you know, they, that's, uh, clearly a very small part of, of their overall, you know, if you have a pool of actors, the majority of them are not overweight though. I suppose, I suppose that, that, that group is probably growing as, uh, America at large grows. Um, but if anything from them, from, from that group, I, I you know, the, I, I don't think anybody wanted me to be incredibly unhealthy, but it was like, no, you're very successful at mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Don't stop doing this. If you want to be healthy, okay, fine, but don't get fit. You know, um, I, uh, I, the thing that changed it for me was I, for, you know, I was, I was not, um, I was never an extrovert. And so like the idea of being an actor seems like such a silly thing for mm -hmm. an introvert to do. Mm -hmm. But I found that um, creating that persona was a distraction from my weight and from my feelings and my self-loathing and stuff like that. So in fact, it kind of buffered me from existing as an obese person because uh, there could be, and it's like weird mental games we play with ourselves mm -hmm. where if somebody's looking at me prior to being an actor, they're just looking at me because I'm obese mm -hmm. versus once I was an actor, I could at least think maybe they recognize me from something and mm -hmm. that That's doesn't make me you. feel as crappy about right. myself. Yeah. Um, so really it was uh, meeting the girl who who is my wife and, and becoming involved in her and having some idea about the future, which I never really cared about. There, there was no long-term plan or, or any plan beyond just like, I like to do drugs. Um, I like to hang out with my friends. I, I didn't, I liked acting and I like to eat a lot of food. And that was like, that was my life. So just getting through the day with as much kind of like base, um, debauchery as I could. That was my, that was what I enjoyed doing um, while also being a bit of an introvert. And so I met this girl and for the very first time, there was a different sh idea. There was a new perspective on life that I hadn't ever had before. And so I got sober and I, you know, and then I didn't immediately go on a diet because I wasn't even thinking in those terms, but after sometime being sober, I started thinking about the future with her. And I was like, there's no future with her if I don't change. Yeah. Um, and so I started changing and it took a long time to, to you know, 
Were you, it, were you scared? Were you scared of the changes? And how long in the course of like you kind of, because I'm sure in your mind, you probably had this conversation, like, you know, you started thinking about oh, like, maybe I should change some of the things that I'm doing, or maybe I should, you know, change my path and like my lifestyle. Right. Cause it's like the longevity of your lifestyle. Um, was there, was there a long time of like, you know, like the extent of you having this conversation in your mind with yourself before you actually executed it? Um, or did it just kind of gradually like organically happen? It was the weirdest thing. And it's a very difficult thing for me to talk about simply because I don't know how to put into words. Um, it's so weird. I was f over 500 pounds mm. and the minute this hit me that there was no future with this girl if I didn't physically change myself. Um, it was like, oh my God, I have to, the only person I need to talk to about that is her. Mm -hmm. And there was the feeling that if I, if I talked to her about that, I was going to let her know that mm -hmm. I was obese mm -hmm. as though she didn't know Already that. Know. Right. Yeah. So it was this very confusing thing. It happened very quickly because the moment I had this like kind of wake up realization, um, it was like, oh, my God, I couldn't think about anything else. Um, I, I, I needed to begin immediately because it seemed to me that either, either I did nothing and mm -hmm. lost her and I could concoct a thousand reasons why... I lost her and just continue this life. But it was this glimpse of this fantasy life that I had had that was so not in the cards for me. Mm -hmm. um, having somebody love me and, and having this life where we like get to have kids and do normal stuff. Like I just didn't think of myself as a normal person. I thought of myself as uh, like an object, like an object almost for just television, like, like an actor. Just wrong, bad, gross, yeah. mm. not worthy of love, not mm. worthy of, of, you know, having a house and kids. And I had to seek pleasure in, in these really kind of gross things that mm -hmm. didn't ultimately bring me pleasure. The pleasure was very immediate. And then went away and I felt like crap. Mm -hmm. And so this like very pure thing that I had, I was like, oh my God, I, I really want that. Mm -hmm. And what's the formula to, to make that work? Because I know any day she's going to wake up and go like, wait a minute, what, who are, what, what am I doing with this yeah. guy? You know? <laughs> um, so it was really just uh, having this little bit of a, a moment where I like told her the secret, like, guess what? I'm really overweight. And, and she was like, oh yeah. And I said, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm sure I was crying and, and like saying like, I'd like to change. Yeah. And she was like, great. So that's not really that hard. Like you can change. And I was yeah. like, okay, what do I do? <laughs> you know, I'm like going to turn myself over to you because right. I don't know how to do any of this. Yeah. Um, and then I just kind of took her advice for a while until mm -hmm. I got my feet under me and I was like, okay, now I understand how to change mm -hmm. and then took over and, and did it, you know, with her guidance and, and, and like always 
as a team, but also, you know, it's like. She was allowing you to be your own person through yeah, your journey. I, yeah. I really like, I like in, in today, I am very much about like personal responsibility and that right. works for me today. Yes, yes. But I found that as an addict and um, as a person who had real problems with food, that there does come a point where like, I don't know what to do. I, I need somebody's help. And and if I'm going to take their help, I really need to just stop listening to myself and mm-hmm. do what they say. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that I had to do that forever. There did come a point where I was like, okay, now I can, in this new moment, start to pay attention. I'm, it's, I'm a safer uh vessel for myself. I can now take on responsibility myself. And, and that's basically the evolution. That was the evolution. Were you ever, uh, afraid of the thought of like, what happens if, if you would fail and you went back to the old Ethan, was that ever, did that ever hinder you from starting? Cause I think it just kind of, I guess it kind of, it seems like it just started naturally for you. Like you were curious, right? The curiosity of, you know, and, and wanting to learn and that desire uh, and def, you know, dedication, you have to be disciplined. But at any point, were you ever, were you ever afraid at failing? Totally. And I did fail. In fairness, I failed a bunch. There were mm-hmm. a lot of failures. Um, can, can you describe like in, in your terms, what you think, think what you thought during that time that it meant to fail? Like, did you just put on a bunch of more weight? Did you go back to like your old habits? I never, it it was never like, you know, there were kids involved very early on. And so the drugs and alcohol and stuff like that was kind of out of the question. My wife drinks and doesn't have a problem with it. So like, it's not a problem for her. My life was such a mess that I just have to like, realize that there's a limit. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I can't be, I can't ever allow myself to get that irresponsible with while having kids that I'm responsible for. But food is such a, it's a slower burn. Right. And Mm -hmm. so failures, I you know, there were times where I like went to do a TV show and over the course of you know, nine months doing a TV show out of town, I put on a hundred pounds and it's just like, oh my God, that's a failure. Um, yeah. And, and there, there were, there were certainly fears about that. Now I will say that there was a point where, um, oddly the, the weight I lost utterly under my wife's kind of dictatorial rule where she mm-hmm. was like, this is what, if you want to do this, this is what you're going to do. I never went back into that. Like mm-hmm. I lost 80 pounds working with her and then I took over and continued to lose weight and mm-hmm. then had ups and downs. But mm-hmm. that chunk, I never went near that again. So there was mm-hmm. always some buffer there and and possibly even a buffer. But I, that- I think you, you had to learn, like you learned through that though. Like you almost had to go to be where you're at now and you, you look like you're in incredible shape. Um to go to be where you are now, you had to go through those little, you know, spouts of like where you felt like that you failed because it's in those moments. That's that's when you learn. And I'm sure you went back out and you were probably put in some very similar situations, but you were strong enough to make the right 
decisions because you knew if you didn't, there were going to be consequences that (laughs) that ultimately would be the conclusion if you didn't stay strong and stay dedicated to the current journey that you were on. Yeah. And, and, and I think also the thing that I kind of, um, I don't beat myself up, but the failures are much more minor now. I think that Mm. like making a plan, uh, it's very hard to imagine every scenario you're going to run into. And so like you have this plan and I'd have this plan and then, you know, some scenario would arise and I'd be like, I didn't have a plan for that. And so it took quite a few evolutions of that to go like, now I have 15 plans for when my plan goes out the window. You know what I mean? And I have, you know, but it did take kind of years to get that foundation laid out where you know, put me in any situation today mm-hmm. and I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and like, it's not going to turn into a hundred pounds of weight gain, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had uh weird flights to Eastern Europe where it's like, I'm traveling for 40 hours to get to some place and I brought food and the food runs out and you're tired. And it's like, you, you wind up in Dusseldorf and you're at the airport and you're like, what do they have to eat? It's all fried or, you know, it's not, it's chocolate or this. And it's like, am I going to be better off not eating? No, I need to eat Mm -hmm. because I make better decisions when I'm fed. And so like, even when all the plans go out the window, I'm going to be okay because Mm -hmm. I have a plan to get back on. No longer will some deviation send me down a path of six months of no plan, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so how long has your weight loss journey been? It's been almost two decades or when did you, how long ago did you start? When did you start your weight loss journey? The first diet I ever did, and I was put on many diets as a kid. None of them were my idea. So I think of these um, two phases of my life and one was where I was not a participant. And then one was where I was a willing and active participant. And so like 2002 was the first diet where I, I had the thought I would like to change. I sought out help and I started changing and that was the beginning of it. Mm. So I kind of want to pivot a little bit and talk uh, a little bit about your girls. I think that's amazing that you're a father of four, of four girls. Um, from their perspective of them being involved in your journey, can you talk about that a little bit? And um, has that had any impact on them and the choices that they've made? Um, can you just kind of talk about like how they've have, have seen everything that you've done kind of transpire? Yeah. You know, I, I feel like unfortunately for portions of their lives, I was on, diets that I was very adamant about that were not just based in moderation and like with specific physical goals in mind, they were mm-hmm. like, you know, there were a couple of years where it was like all lectins are poison and we're killing ourselves with, you know, cucumber skin or pepper <laughs> seeds, you know, uh-huh. this kind of insanity. Um, And so like, I wish I had found like really where I'm at now is like, I have personal goals. I eat what I need to, to achieve those goals, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm not, nothing is entirely off the table, but I eat very little refined sugar or if, if any, Mm -hmm. um, but like, I will have a Gatorade if I'm in the gym and and start to feel like crap. And Mm -hmm. so 
that's okay. It doesn't seem to be ruining my life now. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, and you know, I w- I did keto for a long time and they mm-hmm. were around for that. They didn't eat that way, but they experienced me eating that way. And we'd get to like Thanksgiving and I would only eat turkey and, yeah. you know, and, and, yeah, and know. like have to add some butter to it or something like yeah. that. Cause it's lean. And, and, and the, that was disappointing for them. And I wish they didn't have mm. to experience that, but I do have two of my kids are the, uh, the 23 year old and the 17 year old are, total gym rats the the nice. you know is this tw- billy and uh billy and uh ellie this is francis and lily Fra- francis and lily okay yeah. okay and so they're gym rats all right it, yeah you, you okay. know um the 17 year old you know is always telling me about her pr on the deadlift and and like super into that's lifting. amazing weights yeah and this and the 23 year old is super into cardio classes mm-hmm. and they are in the gym every day. Mm. The 25-year-old and the 14-year-old are kind of like not interested at mm-hmm. all, but could mm-hmm. probably rattle off to you five or 10 of the different diets I've mm-hmm. done and tell you which one of those they're on at the time, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, you know what's important? And like even with my boys, I, I think especially as parents and, you know, there's no, there's no manual to like raising kids, right? It's like the hardest job out of all the jobs we'll ever have. But I, I like to remind myself that they're always watching and they may not, they may not be interested, but just like you were saying, they're watching their dad lead by example and they they've seen your ups and your downs and that makes you real and that makes you a human and guaranteed you may not think that you're having a full impact on them now but they are going to take that with them for the rest of their lives yeah totally i think it's really important and we're it's so like we're so quick to to beat ourselves up all the time on you know like negatively like that negative self talk and uh i try to remind even even boys and they say that it's more you know detrimental to girls when they 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 hear it and just uh you know you have to continually put positive thoughts and words out there and cuz they're they're you may not think that they're watching you or they may not act like that they care but i promise you they do care yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and, and I think that um, getting people involved in a way where they are active participants yeah. is, is, is it, it, to me, it's just a better formula. You know, I know there are some people who want to, you know, r- really bring down the law very hard with mm-hmm. kids. And, and I've just found for me that when I've done that, I don't get the results, the same kind of results as when I get them entering into these things of their own volition. Right. Yeah. 100%. Can you, can you talk about what you eat throughout the course of a day or do you eat like the same thing every single day, like very structured and like, or I know I was curious, like what you, like, what does your day look like? It's pretty structured today. Mm -hmm. I have, uh, bison and salmon. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I had, uh, whey protein and water before Mm -hmm. I went to the gym after the gym, like in my car, I had rice, broccoli and bison. And, um, that'll be my protein for the day will either be bison or salmon. And I'll have, uh, four solid meals where I get like eight ounces of protein in Mm -hmm. each, in each meal. 
And each meal will have some vegetables and some form of carbohydrate. I have some sweet potatoes and I even have some bread for one of the meals. And then before I go to bed, I'll have a casein and water. And that's, I love it. Yeah. That's pretty much what I eat every Mm -hmm. day. And, uh, and right now I'm cutting. So really cutting for me is just like, I'm not going to have avocado or nuts Mm -hmm. and, and Cut out my, some of your fats. Yeah. My fats and my mm-hmm. carbs come down mm-hmm. a little bit from whatever my maintenance carbs are. My maintenance How carbs. How long are, do you do a cut for? This cut will be for a while. Like are you I'm, getting ready for something? Just for a, a picture, my my annual <laughs> picture. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I yeah. love it. Oh, that's awesome. So what does your training look like then? You have your your, you know, your diet nutrition sounds very, I think it sounds enjoyable and very yeah. standard to, you know, the lifestyle. Uh, what does your training look like? Do you have a trainer or do you are you just flying solo now on your own where you're doing your own thing? I was solo for a long time. And then I met this guy uh who's an IFBB pro. His name's Jared Feather total Mm. badass. And he programs my workouts for me. And so I'll do like five or six week blocks, Mm. uh, where we just go up in volume over the course of five weeks and then take a, uh, you know, an active recovery week and basically start over with some variation in there, but it's push pull leg splits. So I'll do six days and each day I, you know, I get two major workouts of all the major muscle groups every week. Do you ever find that you get tired or burnt out of just the training and like the, the eating, but more so the training, do you get burnt out of the training? Cause it can it's, be like, yeah, it's weird. I, yeah. I, by the time we get to like week five or week six yeah. of a training cycle, I am shot and I'm tired and I like have no interest in it. And then by the end of my deload week, I'm like, this is a nightmare. I'm going insane. I want to get back in the gym and lift something heavy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It can be kind of, yeah. Deload and I can be kind of like boring. Well, what is it that excites you with training? How, how are some like, what are some like little hacks that you've learned that, you know, people who are maybe going through their, you know, they're maybe on this weight loss journey for the first time in their life. Like if they, because it can, like if you, if you get up and you do the same thing every day or you have like the same training style every single day, it can, it can become monotonous. And I believe at the root of fitness and the root of who we are. And you look back at our ancestries is like, we were just made to move and fitness is supposed to be fun. And yes, it is hard work. You're absolutely right. You have to dedicate yourself to the craft, but um, at the end of the day, it's gotta be fun or you're going to quit. Yeah. Do you have any life hacks that you can share with the the listeners? I think it's just perspective. Mm-hmm. And I've, I, there was a time where I thought I had to like really kill myself in the gym every day. Yeah. And what I wound up with every time I trained that way was injuries that would put me out for a long time or like exhaustion to the point where I just couldn't go. Um, and so then I went to like programming my own training and I wasn't getting that, um, whatever it is, dopamine rush or, mm-hmm. or, you the know, endorphins, yeah. the endorphins, I wasn't mm-hmm. getting that. So I, I wasn't working hard enough. So I think for me, it's finding that place where I can actually change the course of my day and have a better overall day. And so that's what I'm looking for. And it's pretty quick. It's, you know, an hour in the gym, an hour mm-hmm. and a half and I can get that. And so even if I've got a 14-hour workday ahead of me, I'm going to the gym 
because I know the day will be better. And that's, yes. that's really what does it for me. Yeah. It, uh, it is something that I really like to stress. I mean, especially now like school's back in session for us anyways on the East coast. And, um, I mean, and like, you know, we have sports, like I have a couple businesses, I'm in fitness full time. Like life can just be really busy and it's easy. I think like, as, as humans, we like to, whenever we feel really busy or like our time's being taken, we like to give up our own personal time because we feel like that, you know, we have the emails to attend to. We have projects that we're working on. And, but I just tell people like, if you could just give yourself 30 minutes a day or just yeah. get in there, just get in there and say, you're just going to go, you're going to just do a couple sets and see how you feel. And oftentimes more than not, you're going to hang around and you're going to crush your workout that day. Because at the, at the end of the day, when you give yourself that time, you're going to have so much more left in your tank to be able to just keep hammering out work. Yeah. I also You're think to be a better person. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and having some goal has, has really become uh, an important and motivating factor mm-hmm. for me, you know, mm-hmm. we're just working out because you're telling yourself you're supposed to work out. That to me is a tough yeah. m- motivating factor, but like, you know, whatever my goal is and it changes and, and, and you get to your goal and then you got to make a new goal, right? Because mm-hmm. otherwise you're done. That was the other problem I had mm. for so long with dieting. It was like, you know, if the goal is just losing a hundred pounds, if you're, if you're more than a hundred pounds overweight, losing a hundred pounds is not that hard. You can mm. do it in a relatively short period of miserable time. But then like, what do you do once you get that? Like, yeah. then you're just kind of backtracking, you know? Um, so constantly having a goal that's like in the present, that's something I'm aiming for. Even if my goal is just to have a better day, that's a goal. And, Mm -hmm. and so I, I, I very oriented around that kind of thinking. Well, what's next for you? What do you have work-wise in the pipeline? What are your next goals that you have for yourself? You're, you said you're on like a, a cut. When does that cut? I'm on a cut. It's, it's a very mild cut that I can do for a long time without like really ruining my life. I Mm. believe it'll end right before Thanksgiving, which will be nice, but not really the ideal way to end a cut with a gigantic meal. (laughs) I just did a movie in Mexico called God is a bullet. That'll probably be out in in a year or so. Awesome. And yeah, and I've got and I've got my kids. They're back in school, and mm-hmm. the the world seems to be kind of gently coming out of the malaise yeah. that has mm-hmm. been the last couple of years. And you know, there's a lot of stuff there too that I I am pensive about and going like I'm just gonna get through the time, and mm-hmm. then it's gonna be okay. That's my hope. I have two more questions to ask you. One, where can people follow along and follow your journey? Um, and you said that you had like a podcast and everything. Yeah. Um, so where can people find you and, and follow along? Instagram, uh, okay. at Ethan Supley. And I'm on Twitter too, but really it's just a series of, I've posted a picture to Instagram, you know. <laughs> yeah, so. okay. I gotcha. All right. And your podcast, uh, can you plug your podcast again? Yeah, it's called American Glutton, and okay. um, it's 
Just, do you talk health and fitness or what do you talk on your podcast? Health and fitness. It's all health and fitness, but it's from every, I, I want to have every perspective imaginable, yeah. even stuff that I haven't done that I think mm-hmm. is kind of insane. I'll still talk to those people mm-hmm. and not, I'm not argumentative. I want to yeah, hear them just out. Yeah, you know? hear their perspective. Yeah, totally. absolutely. Uh, and then the last question that I want to ask you to, to close out our podcast is, what is the legacy that you want to leave behind? You know, we kind of have arrived at a place in society where things that are hard or difficult are being rationalized into um, being necessary almost or uh, being celebrated. And, and I just would like people to, who have ever had the urge to do something hard and difficult and have been talked out of it by failure or, or by societal, by the changing culture or whatever it is, to know that if it lingers in their mind, mm-hmm. that there is the desire to make some hard change, to go after some lofty goal, that it's possible. And that's that's really the only message I have for people. I don't need anybody to lose weight. I don't want anybody to lose weight. I simply want people to achieve the things they want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the Reborn Podcast. Are there any final closing words that you want to say to the Ashley, listeners? Okay. It's been a pleasure. Thank yeah. you very much. Thanks for yeah. having me. You're amazing and such an inspiration to so many people. So uh, best of luck with everything. And I'm definitely going to give you a follow on Instagram. Do you post yeah. a lot of your fitness stuff on Instagram? I take some, I do, I do, but I take, I take some breaks. Like, I don't know that I, I posted something today, but I hadn't posted something for a couple <laughs> of weeks and I get some fatigue with social media, but, oh, yeah. but like, yeah, I, I have a, a topless picture of myself on Instagram, which for me was a very big deal and a yeah. long, a long time. It's, you, it's being, it's being vulnerable. I mean, that's so tough even, and you know, back now and she's your wife and, but you had to be vulnerable in that moment. And like, it's. It takes a lot to show vulnerability. So I really admire that about you, but I'm going to give you a follow on Instagram and you should definitely post a lot more about your fitness journey and stuff because you're, you're inspiring so many people and just hearing your story. So thank you so much for being my guest on the reborn podcast. And I will, I'll see you on the the gram. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Ashley. Thanks, Ethan. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for joining me on my podcast today with Ethan Suppley. Uh, go ahead and give him a follow if you have not. He is incredibly inspiring. I just, uh, I found him on Instagram and uh, hopefully he's going to keep posting more stuff about fitness because it's truly a remarkable Uh, it's a remarkable journey and to have the opportunity to sit down and talk to somebody who did experience, did experience the highs and the lows that come with, uh, just such a big goal of going out and, and focusing on something that you want in fear that you will lose everything or not get to experience special things in your life. Uh, and he was focused on the journey and he never looked back. So thank you so much for joining me today on the reborn podcast. Make sure you subscribe. If you're not subscribed, uh, give us a review or feedback and, uh, I will see you guys next time. Peace. Mm -hmm.